You're listening to Less Stress in Life with hosts Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher. We believe life with less stress and more energy is possible with the right tools, strategies, and knowledge. So we bring you real conversations around the stress of relationships, money, and the daily hassles of life with guests that will inspire, challenge, entertain, and motivate you to take action. Hi there, I'm Barb Fletcher. And I'm Deb Timmerman, and I'd love to welcome our guest, Michelle Butt. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She holds an honors BA in linguistics from the University of Toronto and is a master coach and facial intelligence expert. After more than 10 years of studying human communications and creating the facial intelligence body of work, Michelle has come to know a thing or two about how and what drives people. She's built an understanding of how each of us needs to show up in life and business to get that successful outcome we are striving for. Michelle has been on TEDx Toronto, Reinvention Radio, and in OMT Times Magazine. Her research and results have shown that the face is the starting place of any transformational journey and leveraging information you see in a face is key to changing the results you are getting in all the areas of your life. Michelle, welcome. Thank you for having me, ladies. This is so much fun. So I didn't even know there was an expertise called facial intelligence until I met Michelle a couple of months ago. So tell our listeners a little bit about your person and what got you interested in this. Yeah, absolutely. So going on 12 years now, um, I 12 years ago, I started a coaching practice and um, I was looking for a tool to enhance my understanding of my clients. So uh, anyone who works in kind of a service industry, we, we know that what they tell us isn't always what there is really going on. So I wanted to find a way to see what I couldn't hear coming from them. So um, I went looking for a tool and I happened across a book on Chinese face reading one day in the bookstore and I picked it up and I couldn't put it down. And after that, I realized this is my tool. So I went and I found uh, the person who wrote the book and I mentored with her for two years back and forth. And um, I realized that this little piece of real estate at the top of our bodies Mm -hmm. has a lot of information about who we are and how we communicate with the world. So I took the principles of Chinese face reading and then mashed that in with linguistics and body language and communication theory, all the things that I studied when I was in university and um, created facial intelligence as a way to help people understand what's going on with each other and also connect and communicate on a different level. That's is so interesting. And I love the fact that it's, it really is about language and, and uh, you know, Deb and I both help uh, people with stress and, and our understanding often of stress um, presents in emotions or behaviors. And I love when you speak to the fact that the face has so many additional um, insights that can add um, to, you know, unlocking that person's best self and and just being their guide. 
can you tell us a little bit more about um, just how complex uh, that understanding of the face really is? Absolutely. So anything on the face really gives you um, information about three fundamental things. So originally when Chinese face reading began, um, the face was used as an indicator to try and deduce health issues. So um, changes in features or uh, markings or wrinkles on the face were mapped to connect to the systems of the body because there wasn't a way to actually, based on cultural norms, touch patients. And so it really was this diagnosis by observation concept. And that led to, you know, modern day Eastern medicine and acupuncture points and all of those things. And and so one of the things that any feature can tell you is something about the health of our body in one way or another. So each feature connects to a system and that system can let you know if it's under uh, physical stress, which might result in an ailment that, you know, in the traditional sense of health. But they also found that there was this emotional component to to the feature and that system. And so it also talked about that person's mental and emotional health, as well as, you know, their personality characteristics. And again, just by observing things and seeing the predictability of patterns, that was how this began. And so the face can tell you then about health and about emotional and mental processes that we may or may not go through. And it also tells you about anything that's happening on a time of any time of life. So in the mapping of the face, they found a point for every year from one to 100, ages one to 100. So you can look at areas of the face and connect life experiences or, or markings that represent certain times of life and deduce some information about that person's potential health at the time, emotional state, what they want to say about, what they want their face to reflect about their experience. So the face really is a record of who you are, who you were, who you're being in the moment and this, um, moving landscape, I like to call it, is how we are interacting with our world. And when you can really read that, then you can understand how someone is responding to their current life experience and their circumstances. I've known you for for a few years, and I know that one of that's, you know, that was one of the things that always, I was always a little more excited to accept um, things that showed up on my face with a very uh, less judgment uh, perspective. Um, you know, if you have a wrinkle here or a crease there, I knew that they, um, they were actually telling a story and there really wasn't a need to, to somehow hide or cover those. So I think that uh, that has been one of the things that I've appreciated about the work that you've done. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, we are trained in society to have a certain perspective on our features and our wrinkles and things that show up on our faces and our whole bodies. But, um, you know, 
in in the perspective of facial intelligence, a wrinkle is is an indicator of an expression that we've made so many times over time that it has carved that space into our personality blueprint. And so really that those things are giving us information about the habitual expressions that we make. And then what is the emotion or the thought behind those expressions that are now carving themselves into this uh, facial landscape. And so when you see that, then you can use wrinkles as an indicator, not of aging or looking unwell or whatever, you know, modern day concept we have of those things. They're just about who we are being habitually and whether those wrinkles are positive ones like joy lines or whether they're disappointment lines or whatever it may be, it gives those who can read them a really good indication of what is going on with that person. So especially in a stress management kind of field, you know, wrinkles are big, big signs of the emotional state that people are finding themselves in over and over again. And they can be great information to help you understand what they may not be able to articulate to you in words that they are actually feeling inside. That's just so powerful. I think for me, uh, as I attended your 101 class a few weeks ago, it also helped me make sense of people and relationships in my family as it related to personality. So you shared that there are five general archetypes, I believe, mm -hmm. and I could pin an archetype or a primary archetype to many people in my family. And it gave me a lot of insight on why they are the way they are. So it was also helpful from that perspective. And you do use this tool to help people develop sales skills. Is that correct? Yes, yes, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, the work can be used anywhere. So, you know, I look at it as primarily a communication and connection tool. And so in sales, we're trying to help people. We're really trying to understand that prospect so that we can relate to them in such a way that they want to buy our product or service. And so when you have this kind of knowledge, then you can get an idea of, oh, okay, well, they're a stage archetype or a captivator. So they see the world in this way. And so if I am not that, then now by understanding what their face says, I can change my language and change my approach to more resonate with who they are. So then they'll want what, what I'm selling. And, you know, basically any negotiation, whether it's in business or even in home as to where are we going for dinner when we're going out, um, you know, that is... <laughs> really good knowledge because we're always trying to get agreement and connection with people. Um, so yes, that is a big place. And, um, you know, the, the place that gives me the most joy is in the transformational stuff. So when people understand, oh, this is why I always think this way. Mm -hmm. And this is why he or she always thinks that way. And we're always in this battle. All right, now I understand. We just see the world differently. We're programmed to see the world differently, but that doesn't mean we can't get on the same page. We just have to learn how to speak each other's language. And it's almost like, you know, you may speak French and somebody else may speak Spanish. That doesn't mean you'll never be able to communicate. You just need to learn a little Spanish and they need to learn a little French and then you can 
you know, find some common ground. And that's, that's kind of the way I, I look at it. Yeah, I think it, it really is about language. You and I had a, a just a, a text conversation the other day about a client that I was actually spending some time with and, and to think about going back and, and looking at that individual's face uh, with that lens and then adding that understanding to his journey or her journey is just so helpful. It just, you know, it's like there's, it's like I'm seeing everything differently than I might have seen it before. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm always so excited about uh, this deeper understanding of clients. But, you know, as we're in the middle of a pandemic and most of uh, people's faces is actually hidden. How's that yeah. impacting? How do you see that impacting things these days? Oh, that's a big one. Um, I, I think that as much as masks serve to, um, to help us in one way, they're also very much hindering our ability to see who people really are and to see the key features on the face that let us know how someone's doing. So, mm. you know, you can still get lots of information from, you know, the bridge of the nose up. And now we, we need to learn to be more aware of what I say and eyebrows and foreheads and hairlines, because those are the things, the only things we get to see. And, um, and so there's two things, I think. So one is that to really understand what those features say, but we're hiding like the key features in, um, in terms of understanding how people need to be taken care of, even though the mask is a way of taking care of people. So it's almost a contradiction because, you know, the mouth especially is all about how we feel nurtured, how nurturing we are. It's about seeing if someone is okay or not, or if they're, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you can't read it in the eyes, you can definitely read it in the mouth with a smile or a frown. And we're kind of, we're hiding that. And so as much as we're saying we're doing this because we care, we're also, I don't really want to know how you're doing because I can't see it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting contradiction that I, I worry about, or I, I'm not sure about what the consequences will be down the road, especially for our children. Um, and the other thing is, I think we avoid looking at people in a way, because we are masked and we're hiding something and we want to protect them. So we're staying, you know, I think some people think six feet apart also means don't look at me, don't, don't, don't try to smile at me, don't give me those like, you know, joy wrinkles and stuff like that. So, you know, we're avoiding almost seeing each other unless we're on Zoom. And so, um, you know, whereas you might chat with the person in the grocery store. We're not doing that anymore. And so we're lessening our ability to unconsciously read. That's my suspicion. I, you're so right about the connecting because I, you know, I will be, we do one shopping trip uh, a week and I'm pretty good at recognizing people. 
And I'm also tend to be fairly introverted. And so I will see somebody, but because I can't connect with them the same way I used to, I may not connect with them at all. Mm-hmm. I may just allow them to pass by. And, you know, that's a sad uh, commentary on probably where we're at in, in this, this um, journey through the 2020 and the beginning of 2021. I agree. I agree. How much, um, and I don't know if this is part of the Chinese medicine and what you um, studied in facial intelligence, or if this is more of a linguistics kind of, uh, question, but how much is verbal communication and the lack of connection, what's that connection between the two? And then how does that keep us disconnected when like through masks, there, sometimes it's muffled and I have allergies and my ears are plugged and I have a really hard time hearing. So Barb might not speak to somebody in the grocery store. I'm the person that talks to everybody in the grocery store <laughs> and I'm really depending on eye contact to feed my soul because I don't get out a lot. And so what it, talk about that piece with the communication, if you could. Yeah. So, you know, there are studies that have shown that in general, when we uh, encounter people, we, we use our five senses to varying degrees. So if you, if you take, for example, that we have access to a hundred percent of information and it's divided between our senses, um, where we would think that the most, um, we get the most information from what we hear because we tend to be talkers and, and you know, that's how we think communication really is. That's only 11% of the actual full 100% that we have access to in terms of sensory information. 83% is visual. So when that's why I'm so passionate about this work because when we're looking at someone, we're really taking in more about them in terms of what we see than what we're actually hearing or even and vice versa what they're hearing from us so when you then put a mask over it and you muffle it you're kind of diminishing that 11 percent and so potentially you might goose up the visual but you still can only see so much of someone's face so what you're getting visually is as much as you can possibly take in but it's not a full picture. And so that's where, again, communication can suffer because now you're, you've got muffled voices and half a face. So you're not getting everything, right? And so it's nowadays, it's probably even more imperative to understand the subtleties of those, you know, upper quadrant features to to see, okay, well, is that person smiling or are they neutral or are they frowning or, you know, can I gain something from their eyes about how this communication is going or their eyebrows or their head, you know, the forehead that all has information, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more subtle than seeing a smile or a frown. Right. I find myself, you know, if something is positive, I'll find myself smiling underneath the the mask, expecting that somebody else who's masked to, you know, to respond the same way, and you and you may or may not get the same answer. So it's it it is a very um, differing time. 
Deb and I spend a lot of time in in the stress area and trying to help people release stress. What wisdom could you share about stress that may show up on the face or how we might pay attention to uh, stress or how the listeners um, might, when they look in the mirror, perhaps see the stress that uh, they were unaware of that they were carrying? Yeah. Uh, well, that's a big one because mm-hmm. stress can show up in many different areas and many different features will, they each have their, um, you know, they're out of balance and in balance positioning. So, you know, typically we would think that out of balance would, would be a degree of stress. What I can say is I think there's a challenge that we would, especially in a stress work environment, to take up to understand that sometimes we only have one word or certain words to describe a situation. However, somebody's face can give you clues as to how that um, thing is showing up and why. So for example, you know, when we say anxiety or I'm having a panic attack, the result is the same in the sense that, you know, we, we can recognize what a panic attack is. However, if we have two different people with different faces having a panic attack, their underlying reason for why that is Mm -hmm. happening is very different. And so if we're treating just the panic attack, then we're just treating the results and we'll never, without understanding who they are from a facial intelligence perspective, then we may never get to the thing that would stop those panic attacks. You know, so for example, someone with a royal face would would have a panic attack because they're overwhelmed um, energetically by, uh, you know, maybe they're feeling cornered or they, uh, you know, they, they're very sensitive to the energy in the room. And if they're always going into a place that feels energetically off to them, then that will trigger it. And so the tools to help them deal with not having that panic attack will be very different from someone who, who is potentially a warrior who has panic attacks because panic attacks in a warrior would be very rare. They're usually very, very assertive, but if they've been subjected to um, childhood trauma in terms of feeling shame or feeling powerless or so whenever they may be challenged by authority, they may go into panic attack. And so that face will let you know where to go in terms of, okay, how do we take this treatment? We take it down to, okay, tell me about what's Mm -hmm. inducing shame so much that then you have to feel this. So really a face gives you clues as to what that unconscious pattern is and potentially, you know, to pull the thread to where it started and whether or not it's, you know, natural. So you know, royals might be more prone to panic. And so they have to learn how to cope with things and energetics for as a lifelong challenge. A warrior who has that may just need to reconcile that childhood experience and do some, you know, releasing work Mm. or forgiveness work or whatever. And then they may not ever feel that way again, because it's not, it's not part of their design. And so that's the beauty of facial intelligence. We see each of us has our design based on the features that we're born with. And then we have um, our responses, which then show up in 
our behaviors and our wrinkles and our changes in our features to give a clue as to how we may have deviated from that design or how we might not be understanding our design well enough. I adore the uh, all of this. It's just so exciting. It's it's there's just it's like it's opening a brand new door um, into helping people um, a new understanding. Oh, thank you. I love that. And that's, you know, that's why I do this, because I really think that we purposely give each other our faces, especially these on Zoom, like everything's a video call. So even though we can't be in physical proximity often, we still have this ability to read a face. And it it isn't as um, as difficult as trying to read expressions in a body language type of way. It's, okay, what does that picture say about who that person is. And then as you become more expert, then you can look at the subtleties as the faces move to get clues as to what that train of thought is as they're interacting with you. But, you know, even just that base knowledge of, hey, I can look at your Facebook profile picture and I can get an idea as to uh, where you start. So it's like the Myers-Briggs without the test, <laughs> you know, you get this <laughs> insight into who someone is. Um, and they're giving it to you anyway, just by the fair sh token of that they have their face somewhere for you to see. You um, read both of my, my face and Barb's face. You have a women's group. It's called the Prosperous Women, correct? Prosperous Business Women, yeah. Could you share a little bit about that and what the goal of that group is? Yeah, the goal of that group is to bring women, women in business in particular together to learn how to uh, be more prosperous overall in their lives. So I firmly believe that um, prosperity is a state of mind and being where you're thriving in your relationships and in your self-worth and in your business financially and uh, purposefully. And so I wanted to create a community where people could come together and learn and grow and, um, and have support. And so we do some really nice things in there. We, uh, on Tuesdays, we have members share their expertise and their journey with us. Uh, every Friday, I do uh, one hour at 1 p.m. Eastern called Free Face Coaching Friday. So I let um, any member who has something that they're stuck on or they want some clarity on from a facial intelligence perspective, they can join in and we stream those live in the group and there's lots of engagement. And I think people learn even just by being able to watch the sessions um, a little bit more about how we connect with each other or that, oh my goodness, like I, I feel that way too. I have that. And, um, and so there's this community and, um, that is built there that I just, I'm just so proud of and I really, really love and I love sharing. Well, you should be because there. it's a great community. Uh, Barbara and I are both uh, members of that community and I've really enjoyed that. It's a learning growing community, just like you said, but there's a place to have connection. We all have commonality. And it's interesting how vulnerable the women get because they're putting their face out there. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think it's, Gosh, in a lot of ways, it's reduced a lot of barriers to us getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just doesn't seem to be a lot of connection. So if women who are business owners want to connect with you and be part of that group, how do they do that? Uh, they can just go to Facebook and search the Prosperous Businesswoman and um, uh, join the group there. 
or just find me, Michelle Budd, on Facebook and message me or um, or go to michellebutt.com. You can book a connection call. We can get to know each other and chat. That's kind of how we started out. Um, and just we'll talk. And, and if you feel like the group is a good fit, you can join there or learn a little bit about your own face and learn to grow. Every time we speak, I learn something else, including today. So thank you for taking time to share oh, so about your um, about your work. We are just so pleased that you could be one of our guests, and we hope that you'll come back and share more again. Anytime, anytime. Yes, thank you so much, Michelle. It, it's uh, we're just thrilled that you're here today with us. Oh, thank you for having me, ladies. Oh, thanks. You can find Michelle at michellebutt.com. And there is a link in the bio section of the podcast description to help you get connected to Michelle. So again, thanks. We'll see you again. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.